Hello, fellow Kapabayans, like I am Kapsat. Can many of my new listeners and old listeners, old timers, my name is Shashi, the host for Reclaiming Filipino Identity. Thank you for coming from season two. Today on this episode, I have Christopher Bartolome. He is one of a mutuals of my friends in high school. And I have brought him here today to interview and get to know his story about his Filipino culture. So, as always, I welcome you guys to this episode, Chris. Thank you so much, Chachi, for inviting me. Um, I'm very, you know, um, glad to have this opportunity to speak about the Filipino culture and my experience with it. Well, the first question that I have for you today is, in your own words, sorry, who is Chris Bartolome and what do you do? Christopher Bartolome is, was actually born in Seattle, but he was born in, uh, he was raised on the Big Island of, of Hawaii and then moved to Oahu for college, where he basically got his bachelor's degree in business administration, marketing, and finance, and to the Big Island when I was around maybe I'm two years old. And then I've lived there and raised there ever since until I moved to Wahoo here four years ago. I'm actually living with my grandparents or my grandma and- But your family is in the Big Island. Yeah, so my majority of my father's side is on the Big Island and majority of my mother's side is on the Wahoo. But from where I came from on the Big Island, it's a very Filipino-rich community. I mean, all your neighbors are basically Filipino, basically people that you, your family has known from the Philippines because they were neighbors or relatives and so forth. But it's so, so family-oriented because everyone knows each other so well and everyone is just so, you know, hardworking and giving. For example, whenever, whenever someone has a party, we all pitch in and help each other out. Or whenever we need something, or like if our car breaks down, you know, everyone is just willing to just help you. So everyone there is just so family oriented, so friendly and so caring. And majority of the people that um, I surrounded myself or our community back in the Big Island is very agriculture based. My family was a papaya farmer. Grandparents came here in the to Hawaii back in 1970s, around there. My grandfather came here. He and his brothers had a papaya farm, and then they had they raised enough money where they could bring their own family from the Philippines to Hawaii. And later on, each you know child had their own papaya farm. So I was very fortunate at a young age to you know have that kind of culture to go to the farm, you know, see what they do, harvest papaya, and like basically live off the land. So my grandparents never went to the store <laughs> to buy groceries. They basically grew everything themselves. They learned how to fish. So, you know, they were good at uh, fishing, catching their own fish. Basically use, utilizing all the resources that they had and not relying or spending any money because, you know, a lot of Filipinos like to save money. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, that, that's what I kind of miss. I guess on the Big Island versus here, you know, the culture is very different. I know just from my experiences here, um, 
a lot of Filipinos here rely so much on going to the store for groceries. And I know we have such a limited amount of space here to grow your own vegetables. So we don't have that much of a, I guess, um, resource to grow our own, like the big island. So I guess that's just a difference there. And whether whether um, you're on the Big Island or Oahu, the Filipino culture is so rich and so family-oriented. Everyone just like basically helps you out here, especially you know if you are with you live with family or you know everyone around you. Yeah, exactly. Um, Big Island is compared to Oahu. Um, Big Island is more of like a the country lifestyle. Um, there's a lot. There's a there's not a lot of stores out there. You rely more on like the farming life compared to Oahu, where it's like it's city life and it's more like modernized. Yeah. So when I came here, I had a, like a I had to adjust to the cultural shift <laughs> <laughs> in understanding like oh we actually have to go to the store and buy you know groceries and I didn't realize how expensive everything is compared to the rest of the islands like for us we can go uh, on the big island you know we could just harvest from our backyard or go to like a family friend who sells you know vegetables but here we have to go to a supermarket where they sell you know by a by the pound and it's much more expensive so have you personally struggled with embracing your cultural identity for me i don't think so you know back in high school i guess filipino was um, a really huge population of the school. <laughs> so we were well knitted together. And there's many times where, you know, we could just freely speak our language and no one has a problem with it. Or, you know, we can just like express ourselves, you know, wearing our, our clothing. We can eat, you know, this, we can eat our very diverse food. Something that's very unique that many people haven't tried and, you know, they're okay with it. And I think the Filipino culture is so so rich in many places that everyone they just are accustomed to it. And so there wasn't for me there wasn't really much of a an issue expressing it because of the way I've been surrounded and and who I've you know encountered over the years. your upbringing like and how does it impact who you are today my upbringing by by your parents yes okay (laughs) okay okay sorry no 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 you're fine um yeah so my parents um when they when they moved down from Seattle to the Bay Island, they helped my, my grandparents out with the papaya farm. And I kind of see how how hard it is to work on the farm. You know, going early in the morning, harvesting papayas, and then coming home late at night, you know, being so tired and still having the, you know, the energy to cook food and put, um, you know, do all the chores around the house and feed us and things like that. So at an early age, I think they helped me realize how hard life really is and that nothing you know is free and one thing that they really stress um 
for my brothers and I was basically, you know, to get a good job or to get a good education and see if you can have a good job and, you know, get a good and successful life. Because the paya or like farming lifestyle was very, very hard. You know, my, my parents, you know, worked so many tiresome days just to have food on the table. And I would, you know, take that uh, leadership role of just like helping them out going to the farm too. You know, so I can help them and, you know, I guess eliminate the stress that they're under. So um, I'm so thankful for them to help me like realize how hard and to become the person I am today to, you know, strive and be successful and to, you know, take ownership of my own life and start my own career. I need to mind me asking, but are you an only child? So I'm actually um, the middle child of three sons <laughs> and then one girl no just three sons yeah. oh, three sons. and then from there it, um, you, you have a really close relationship with your family I do I'm um, I'm actually like the family guy, I guess you'd say. I'm the one who usually invites everyone over for parties because I, my um, where I live, with, back home, it's more of a family house. So all my cousins and aunties and uncles would come over for dinner. We had parties over at the house and I'd be the one who would organize everything. And I would cook all the food. So I have a really strong relationship with um, all of my relatives and especially my family members and brothers. Nice to know, nice to know. Okay. So, for you, what does it mean to reclaim our Filipino identity? The main reason? It would definitely be to never forget, you know, the culture. And where we all came from. You know, our, our, our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents came, you know, from the Philippines to wherever they may be, you know, in the United States for a better life. And they struggled for that. But we can also forget, you know, what it means to be Filipino. Because I know a lot of people nowadays, they lose the touch of the language. You know, they lose the touch of, you know, cooking Filipino food or learning the different customs, the dances, the songs, things like that. And it just kind of, it's kind of sad in a way because the Filipino culture is so rich with so much, you know, different uniqueness to it. And it makes, it's, it's something that makes you unique as a person. Mm-hmm. And being able to lose that is just like a part of you that you're not you're not showing and expressing to the world. Going to school here in Oahu for college, you mentioned before um, off cam off camera that you were the president of the Filip- of the Filipino club in the university. Would you like to tell us that experience? Oh, of course. Um, so I'm I went to Hawaii Pacific University. And it was during my freshman year where I wanted to join a lot of clubs. And I did come, I stumbled upon a club called the Filipino Club. But 
there was basically no one in it. <laughs> and I really wanted to, you know, meet other Filipinos at the university because it's such a very private school and um, very diverse set of population of students. I wanted to see how many Filipinos were actually at the school and to further educate them on the Philippines and their different traditions and customs. And so I took the leadership of, you know, reviving the club because the club was basically non-existence for about two to three years during that time frame. And, you know, I knew um, two of my friends that were Filipino and I asked them to join, you know, the club and help me revive it. And it was a great stepping stone for other Filipinos because I didn't realize how many Filipinos were at, you know, the university actually, you know, there's quite a few. And there's so many people who weren't even Filipino that were interested. We had students from all over, you know, um, Norway. We had some from California. We actually had some from the Philippines that studied abroad and joined our club. And it was just really, really interesting to see that you don't have to be Filipino, you know, mm-hmm. to, to learn about the culture, to express or, you know, to live the Filipino way. It's just, you having the curiosity and the willingness to, you know, understand and just take it all in. So through that Filipino club, I helped, you know, enrich so many different um, students about that culture. And we work really well and really close with the different universities around the, around the island, such as BYU, UH Manoa, um, and LCC. And so we, you know, we come together for different events and, it's just amazing to see how many Filipinos, like around your age, that you can actually connect with and you have so much different things in common that you wouldn't have met any elsewhere. So it was very like, um, it was a great opportunity, definitely to, you know, rekindle that, that dying culture that I see in many people nowadays. That's actually one, like, when you, I got, you mentioned that, um, that's kind of really shocking for me because I never knew that the Philippine club there was actually existent because I would always, um, I was part of um, the Filipino club in Shamana before I transferred to UH and I never heard of HPU Filipino club. So what you, do, what you did before kind of ignited a lot of like those aspiring to go to HPU saying that mm. they can, they can embrace our culture through college. And yeah, it's just a wonderful experience because I know a lot of people who, um, the way we designed the club was more of a place where all Filipinos or those who are willing to learn about the Filipino culture just to come and hang out. You know, it was more of a place to just a gathering place of just learning, um, learning and, you know, just connecting with everyone a great networking event and just diving deep into the Filipino culture. And through that experience, we, you know, we definitely made a lot of, you know, long, long while friends, um, definitely got to, you know, meet with different organizations, different uh, Filipino, I guess, professionals here on island. So you never know who you're gonna meet, you know, through these different uh, activities and or, or different clubs. You were right on that one. Um, so, I, I guess a little sharing um, was that 
I never really have gotten this far within embracing my culture if it weren't for the people I met through a class, through a Filipino class in UH. So you're right about like, you never know who you're going to meet because they will be like the kind of guide for you to know more about where you came from. Right. I think um, one of the main things that people don't really express it is because they're afraid. You know, mm-hmm. they're afraid that they're the only ones and people don't understand what they're saying or they may find themselves as, you know, outcast. weird. Yeah, an outcast kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, building that sense of community where it's very comfortable, where, um, where you have that very you know, friendly environment that you welcome anyone regardless of what ethnicity you are. That kind of builds, you know, the trust and confidence for people to, you know, fully express who they are as an individual mm-hmm. and to fully embrace like their cultural background. So to transition into that, how do you see yourself with your Filipino identity? I am uh, Ilocano. Ilocano for both parents, from both parents. Yes. Yeah. Can you understand the language or not really? I can understand the language. I learned from my grandparents Ooh, and just my okay. parents. Yeah. Because you you mentioned that you are a family family person, so you have a really open relationship with your family. So with that, uh, how do you see yourself with your cultural identity being Ilocano and Filipino? Over- Honestly, I'm actually proud. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm regardless of what people say about the Filipino culture, or I know there's different stigmas to uh, in different languages and how, the pe- how people act, but you know, we are who we are, you know, we're all unique. And you know, people are gonna have some stuff to say or have bad connotations to, you know, what we do, what we eat, things like that, but it shouldn't define who we really are in the end, you know? So, um, in the end, I'm just, I'm thankful. Thankful to be Filipino, proud to be Filipino because it's, it's helped me to fully understand who I am. It helped me, you know, my grandparents understand who they are, you know, and to come down here and to still hold that, that culture, um, culture identity was definitely a lot. And if they, if they had the willingness to uphold that even during a huge cultural shift and different, different um, environment, then who are, who are we to say to change that? Now that you are a college graduate, to be exact, is there one thing that you wish have learned about our culture? I think there's That you many... haven't learned yet. That you haven't learned yet, yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot more I have yet to to learn about the Filipino culture. I feel like during my four years of being in the Filipino club and you know meeting different people and doing so many different activities during that time, I've only touched or scraped the surface. You know, um in some of our general in some of our meetings we you know we delve deep into the history, but there's a history behind behind that history. And there's so many more deep, rich cultures in different provinces, different languages, and different islands in the Philippines that not really many people have talked about. Mm-hmm. Because some might find it like not interesting or 
it's no longer, you know, of interest for people. But those are the things that we still have to have to talk about. Otherwise, it's going to be long gone and no one's just going to be able to, you know, share it with the rest oh. of the generations afterwards. So I so, feel like we, I still have a lot more to, to, to learn about. So if you, would, if you were to go back in time, let's say 20, 12 years old, Chris, what would you tell yourself about your uh, cultural heritage? I would definitely say to myself, like, never stop learning. You know, there's, I think there was a stage in my life, I think even now, you know, as I'm more, you know, um, trying to grow up and starting to be more professional in the workforce, that you lose sight of the language and you lose sight of, you know, where you came from parts. And I just want to tell myself, you know, back then as a child, like, no matter where you are in life, just don't forget where you came from and don't forget to never stop learning about the culture because it's something that your, you know, your past generations, your ancestors and your future generations on the line is going to have to, to learn one day. Because I, I myself, you know, remember all of those different customs and traditions that my grandparents told me at a young age, which I will never forget to this day. And I plan to share it for my kids and their grand and their, and their kids and so forth. And I just want to have that intact. What is one thing that you want to learn about the Ilocano language? I definitely want to become fluent. <laughs> In Ilocano, I feel like, um, although I can understand Ilocano, mm-hmm. I, but you can't speak. I, I can speak maybe like 50%, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not able to like fluently speak it, like a full conversation, right? It's kind of like broken English kind of thing. Um, but because I never had the opportunity to ha- take an Ilocano class. Um, it wasn't offered at, you know, at, our, at my university or even high school. So everything that I um, learned up to this point was based on hearing and just practicing with my grandparents and parents. Yeah, that's me too. I find myself, you know, saying uh, the improper way of saying something, you know, mm-hmm. or I don't, um, there's a lot of gra- grammatical errors when it comes to Wakano. Before, to, before we wrap things up, where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? I see myself... Uh, Having a house, um, <laughs> having a house, I, is this relation, is this supposed to be in relation to the Filipino culture? It, it can be. Okay. <laughs> Scratch that. Um. <laughs> Are you not in a house right now? <laughs> oh, what did I say? Oh, in my own house, sorry. In my own house, um, in 10 years from now, I'm you know, see myself in my own house with my own family, um, you know, working a really good job, you know, supporting my family, traveling around the world, definitely travel around to the Philippines, um, helping my parents out. Um, have you been to the Philippines? I have not. Mm. I have not. So I was supposed to go this summer, actually. Uh, oh, COVID. Yeah, it would, for COVID. But in 10 years from now, when you get your own house, 
<laughs> and travel the world. <laughs> You'll be able to visit Philippines. <laughs> while also learning the language, while also being fluent with the language. Fluent the language and definitely sharing it with my kids. Last question. What is your advice to the next generation? For the next generation, definitely don't be afraid to express who you are, where you came from, and to never stop learning. Because only then will you be able to, you know, fully grow and to fully share and, you know, aspire in the world. With that, I would just like to thank you again, Chris, for allowing me to take one hour and 30 minutes of your time in this pod in, in this podcast i especially enjoyed having this conversation with you and getting to know who you are as a person and also your experience growing up for the people thank you chachi thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> and i always ask this with all my previous guests before signing off because it's nice to know what is your favorite food and what is your favorite Filipino word? Ooh, that's a really good one. It's kind of hard because I feel like um, I like all of the Filipino food, actually. Can I guess your favorite Filipino food? Yeah, sure. <laughs> is it Elokos Empanada? Not really. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like pancit or adobo or... Or along those lines. <laughs> I went there, yeah. For those of you listening, Chris makes the best empanadas. Oh my gosh, you're too modest. <laughs> um, a favorite word would definitely have to be... Wait, you didn't mention your food, your favorite food. Oh, my favorite food? Okay, um, I have to say, I really like karekata. I really like karekata. Do you know how to make this? I do. What I what really food like. can you not make? What food can you not make? <laughs> That's a good question. I haven't dealt with anything yet. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to be a chef actually, oh. and open my own restaurant. But they said you might as well just go to college and you know take business so you can open your restaurant instead of become a chef. You can own it <laughs> instead of working it. <laughs> You know, you may never know. There are some people with college degrees that they have this thing, but in the long run, they ended up being what they really wanted to do. True, true. And your favorite Filipino word? Um, does this have to be like a term, slang? No, any of your Filipino word, like any of your favorite Filipino. Like for me, my favorite Filipino word would always have to be maarte. Oh. And it's Moarte because, I don't know, like my family always tells me that when I was little, like, you're so Moarte. In a context of like, I was very, um, very conscious of what I dressed when I was little. So, yeah, you know. Okay, I have to like eliminate all the bad ones. Okay, hold on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, I just say like, oi, oi. Hoy, hoy, Like, to get anyone's attention, I don't go, pss, I go, hoy, and I sus, like, oi, sus, Mario said. No, I'm curious, what is the bad? I don't think it's bad, but I guess you could say it's, very bad. So I would say, like, like, bug tick. 
Woo. I use it a lot. Like, oh my gosh, you are so bug fit. <laughs> bug fit and getting someone's attention. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say that too, right? Get someone's attention. Probably bug fit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I don't want to take most of, most of your time away. I just really want to say thank you again. For this conversation, I just want to say, you know, thanks, Chachi, for having this amazing, you know, um, conversation. Definitely didn't have a conversation to express and talk about the Filipino culture before. You know, this mm -hmm. is really unique and really eye-opening to me, especially to, you know, rekindle back again and to look back at the Filipino culture and just to take more of an initiative to stay true to your heart and to your culture, uh, to your ethnicity. And yeah, um, shout out to everyone, HB Filipino Club, um, to all my Filipino friends out there, Big Island, Oahu, you know who you are. <laughs> um, any questions, follow me on Instagram, Burfer <laughs> <laughs> underscore, let me know. And but yeah, thanks, Taki, for everything. <laughs> you can also let them know. Disclaimer, this part of the... episode for the podcast i encourage chris to speak in olocano because why not and it was something really fun that i wanted to to start in this in this on a new series which is have our guests speak in, in their mother tongue because mother tongue is so important so disclaimer if there is like kind of like a cringe to like some olocano sayings because um I just said, go speak Ilocano like the best you can. So yeah. Okay. Gamana. Okay. Can you speak Ilocano? <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna speak in English right now. Agsa ok anti Ilocano. Ana is ok. Ana tikayat mo. Dakamu, dakamu ana ibagat. Datang ti amom. Ayhaan. Um. Agbasa kayo na leing. Ahan, uh, agbasa kayo na imbag. Yo, amin. Tuna napinta si Diagio. Narigate, I don't know, si si Diag ID. <laughs> Narigate Diag ID. Uh, finish school and study hard. Boom. <laughs> That's not Elokada. You spoke you spoke English. <laughs> what you were gonna say, agbasa kayo na nalaing tapno. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yes. You got it, though. Good job. You just need yeah. to practice. One of Manong tells me is that even though you understand and you do can speak a little bit, just speak anyway. If you mess up, it's the fun of learning a language. So. You got it, Chris. That's true. So every time I speak, sometimes my grandma's like, oh no, you say it this way. So, free mm -hmm. tutoring right there, guys. Take advantage yes. of it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and for the support of this podcast. I had fun actually recording this episode with Chris. Not because we got to speak in our mother's tongue at the end of the episode. But it was really one of those wholesome conversations that 
you really have with someone, especially about your language, about your culture and heritage. And one of the biggest things why I started this podcast is because I wanted to really tell stories with a lot of our Filipino Americans here in Hawaii and really continue to keep the roots and to continue live on our culture. So if you are a Filipino Americans and you want to be featured on this podcast, let me know. Follow Reclaiming Filipinx Identity on Instagram. Feel free to DM me there. You can also email me below. I will be posting my email. And if you want to follow Chris and follow his journey, I will be also linking his socials below. And as always, salamat agdiamana. And thank you so much for listening to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity. Follow Reclaiming Filipinx Identity on Spotify. Share this with your family and friends. And let me know who should be on the next podcast. Bye! Ayyamanak!